Welcome to Judaism in the 21st Century, the podcast that explores issues we face in life and how we can better deal with them with lessons rooted in Judaism. I'm your host, Stephen Labkoff, and my co-host with me every week is Rabbi Daniel Cohen from Congregation Agudath Shalom in Stanford, Connecticut. Welcome aboard, and let's get to it. Hello, and welcome to Judaism in the 21st Century. My name is Steve Labkoff, and I'm here as always with my co-host, Rabbi Daniel Cohen from Congregation of Gurdjieff Shalom in Stanford, Connecticut. Tonight, we're going to look at um, a topic which I've been personally kind of struggling with most of my life, trying to figure out, um, you know, how to make my journey in Judaism more meaningful. And as you might have heard in previous episodes, I've had a rocky rocky journey on my own personal side. Um, but the topic today is going to be is ways to bring Judaism into your everyday life, especially in the context of our everyday world. Now, as I've said in other previous podcasts, I did not join my journey with Rabbi Cohen as an Orthodox Jew. He's an Orthodox Jew. I started my life as a Reformed Jew and eventually went into conservative Judaism. And I've been trying most of my adult life to figure out ways of becoming more connected with my Judaism. So today's topic is going to be how do people in this in this world we're living in today, which is so fast paced, covered with technology that is steeped with social media, how do you bring Judaism into your life in a way that can sort of sneak up on you and and become more uh, meaningful as you go? And I and I don't think it's a, a one cl- a one click and you're done. I think it's a journey. So let me start there and hand it off to you and see what your thoughts are. Wow, that's great. Well, first of all, it's an honor to be on a journey with you, a holy man like Steve Lavkoff. Um, so it's interesting. I think the way to really answer the question because it's not a difficult one because it really reflects the essence of what Judaism is all about. You know, the whole concept behind the faith and religion is a way to bring a little bit of heaven down to earth. Judaism was never meant to be um, a legal obstacle course to go through rituals mindlessly, just simply to, you know, again, say I checked all the boxes. Now I'm a religious Jew. It literally is about not isolating yourself from the world, but it is about elevating everyday life. And that is, to a certain degree, you know, what Judaism is kind of meant for. What you just asked me is a softball in (laughs) Judaism's world. And I'm going to try to hit it out of the park with a few different things to think about. What is the most basic element of what it means to be human? One of the things is we eat. Right now, what distinguishes us from animals that eat? So Judaism says, don't eat mindlessly eat mindfully. So how do I bring Judaism to everyday life? When I eat food in the morning, afternoon, evening, I don't just consume it, but rather I take a moment to reflect on my relationship to God. I give gratitude. Judaism says that we bless food before we, it's not blessing the food. It's about taking a moment to say, thank you, God, for uh, this milk or cereal that I'm about to consume. And then Judaism says, and this is, I think, very counterintuitive, but really hits the mark, which is the more important blessings are not before we eat, but after we eat. Because before we eat, which is what you do in many faiths, 
I'm hungry. So of course, I'm going to say thank you. Judaism says, even when your stomach is full, recognize where the food came from and the opportunities to bless. And for that matter, to make a choice about what food is kosher and what is not, that's actually a way for us to recognize that I'm not living to eat, but I'm eating to live. You know, Judaism says it's not about, okay, what's my next meal? And I'm not, by the way, against foodies. I know good foodies. But it means that I'm thinking about, you know, what choices am I making? Because Judaism actually believes you are what you eat. When I eat an animal, for example, that's a carnivore, those aren't kosher. I need to eat animals that are herbivores. When I eat something, it's actually affecting my soul. So one answer to your question is be mindful with what we eat, how we eat. Judaism says if I'm eating, and this, by the way, may seem radical, anytime you get together for a social setting that's surrounded by food and there are no words of appreciation and no words of elevation, it's literally as if I'm just eating in no way differently than the animal kingdom. So socially, how is my meal um, you know, organized? Am I sharing words of Torah? Am I being grateful? So eating itself is an opportunity to bring God into your everyday life. Let's go to another um, softball. We live in a world, and you said this, that is so connected, you know, and we are running around from place to place, and we are checking off boxes, but we're not necessarily leading um, elevating lives. You know, so what does Judaism say? Judaism says, observe the Sabbath. You know, I actually have non-Jews that say they are jealous of the Jewish Sabbath because it provides a time to disconnect from the outside world, which a lot of people have a problem doing, and reconnecting to family, to nature, to life around me. And it's not all or nothing. I just want to say this, Stephen, then I'll be quiet for a minute. I can't observe the whole Sabbath. I understand that. But maybe just take Friday night when it gets dark um, and put your phone away and don't look at it till the next day. You'll find that you'll be more present uh, with those that are around you. We'll be more grateful. We'll slow down so we can actually um, really fuel um, a connection to God and to those around us. So Sabbath and keeping kosher and blessings are two great ways to bring Judaism into your everyday life. Well, you know, as I prep for this one, I actually tried to think through, you know, what does my personal journey look like? And, you know, when I was a little boy, my parents were decidedly not kosher. My parent, grandparents, having, interestingly enough, having grown up in an Orthodox home, at one point when I was a little boy, I remember my grandmother serving bacon to, to us when I, we were little. Wow. And I know for a fact that that arm of the family, because they still exist, it's the Lepkowski family, and they're down in Brooklyn, and they're Hasidim. And, you know, I can't begin to imagine what happened between my great-grandfather and my grandfather for that journey to take a left turn. Um, but over the course of my life, when I first got married to my first wife, we decided and that we would actually start having two sets of dishes, and we would start having uh you know separating milk and meat and, and and that part of the journey just became very very natural for me and for my kids and even today i go visit my kids when in their own apartments 
and my daughter separates her her um, dishes and separates milk and meat, which I find to be gratifying. Yeah. But I, I, you know, to me, it's sort of like, is the answer here, are we doing this? You know, the theme that comes out in many of our podcasts is this theme of Judaism is around humility and being humble in, in the face of in the face of God. And it strikes me that many of the things that we're talking about here today really are connected to this issue of being humble and putting the hubris aside, like being grateful to someone above, to 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 or to, to God. And this issue of humility really feels like in our world today has just gone out the window. We feel like we're the smartest generation. We feel like we are, you know, wise beyond our years. And I feel like whether or not it's through kashrut or through these prayers, if the one thing we can figure out is a means of being more humble, that that's a first step. And every step thereafter is additional to that because maybe I'm wrong here. Maybe I'm off. But what No, I think you're totally on the mark, by the way. And, and, I, and I go to something that, I mean, it goes back to blessings. I mean, Rabbi Abraham Joshua Heschel said, and I think he really said it correctly, and this is building on timeless Jewish philosophy, which is live life in radical amazement. Everything is wondrous. Everything is beautiful. And people don't realize it's as simple as making a blessing after you go to the bathroom. You want to bring Judaism into your everyday life? After you leave the bathroom, say, thank God. You can say it in English. It's fine. What is open is open. And what is closed is closed. And is everything. Translation of the blessing? Yeah. And everything is working properly. For any person who thinks they are the master of the universe, and there's plenty of them, isn't it amazing that one little kidney stone yeah. can wreak havoc in their self centeredness, in their arrogance? Then they realize that, you know what? Health is wealth. And the fact that everything operates exactly as we hope it operates is an amazing affirmation that I am not here just to accumulate, but I must be here for a higher purpose. So how do you bring Judaism into your everyday life? Don't wait for the kidney stone. Just start saying the blessing. It's called in Hebrew, Asher Yatsar. You can find it online if anybody wants to um, ask us, certainly reach out. Um, but saying that blessing three times a day will restore a person's sense of humility, will awaken an awe uh, of God's presence in our everyday life, and will fuel within us a desire to really think about, you know what, I must be here not to serve myself, but to serve God and to serve others. I think this concept, this theme of of demonstrating humility in the face of our world, in the face of life, is really the is is, is really this first step, and um, yeah, I hadn't you know your issue. I'm as you know, I'm a, a physician. I no longer practice medicine, but I did practice for about ten years. And uh, you're not wrong. A kidney stone the size of a grain of sand can bring the strongest man to their knees. Uh, yeah. Or that matter, it doesn't actually matter. Exactly. Yeah. Grain of sand in a ureter is very, very painful. Yeah. So, and, you know, I'm also, I'd look more abruptly at other things in my world. I've got family members right now who are dealing with cancer and the humility of 
you know, at the moment I'm healthy and I want to be very thankful that I'm healthy because I've, I'm watching these friends and cousins deal with this appallingly bad diseases that they have. And all I can think about is saying, thank God I'm not where they are. Thank God I'm healthy. Yeah. Yeah. So, no, it's true. And that's like, to me, the essence of what leading a spiritual life is. Again, Judaism, you know, it's really not an end in and of itself. Judaism is a roadmap to develop our relationship with God so that we are actually, and this, by the way, to me is a little bit, um, people don't think about it. One of my mentors, uh, Rabbi Noah Weinberg, would always start his talks about Judaism. He said, God wants us to have pleasure in life. God wants us to really um, experience the deepest pleasures. What are the deepest pleasures? It's not a hamburger. It's not a steak. It's not even good sushi. It's not just, you know, a trip to the Bahamas. The deepest pleasure in life is to know that my life has meaning, that I experience real love in my life, that I find purpose in, 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 in giving to others. And Judaism is here to help ensure that it's not our bodies that are leading our souls, but that our souls are leading our bodies and that we try to touch a little bit of heaven every day in every encounter, in every relationship. Um, and we walk the world with a sense that, you know, God is with me always. So oftentimes we don't see that. We think of Judaism as this, oh, I got to follow these rules. The rules are just connecting points. The etymology of the word mitzvah is not commandment. Mitzvah is a connector. It's a way for me to fuel uh, God's presence in my life. So, you know, we could talk about this certainly a lot, but this is just a little bit of a taste of how Judaism can make a difference in our everyday lives. Well, on that note, I think we, that's a great note to end on. And um, hopefully this is the kind of thing that people will hear and, you know, whether they go, you know, their first step or their third step or their 50th step on their journey, personal journey in Judaism. Hopefully this is a way that those who are just starting can actually feel comfortable getting started in a way that feels accomplishable and something that they can actually do. Because what you've laid out here today is not, um, you know, it's not overly complicated, nor is it overly onerous to start yeah. that journey. And I think that's that's one of the things that I first personally find challenging. I go to the synagogue and not being Orthodox Jew or not being raised that way and and something as simple as going to a service and not being able to communicate in the language of the service is very hard and very daunting. And I think connecting through these other ways can actually help people like me gain some meaning in uh, in religion and in Judaism specifically. And I'll, by the way, I'll bet many of these things would translate into other religions too. I mean, being thankful, being grateful, being humble. Um, I, I'm well, I'm not a, an expert in other religions. I've got to believe that these concepts are probably more ubiquitous than I probably understand or know. Mm. Well, you understand a lot, but there's always more to understand. <laughs> well, on in that note, I think we'll call this one, uh, we'll put a bow on it and say thank you. And uh, we are actually on the verge of the Thanksgiving holiday. And we'll say happy Thanksgiving to those of you who celebrate. And we'll see you again next week on another edition of Judaism in the 21st Century. Thank, Thank you. you. Hello. Thank you for joining us today on Judaism in the 21st Century, 
You've been listening to Rabbi Daniel Cohen from Congregation of Gotha Shalom in Stanford, Connecticut, and Dr. Stephen Labkoff. Please join us again next week for another episode. Thanks for listening.